0: Good evening, and welcome to Progressively Horrified, the show where we hold horror to standards it absolutely never agreed to. (laughs) Good evening, and welcome to Progressively Horrified, the podcast where we hold horror to progressive standards it never agreed to. Tonight, we're talking about the Christmas musical for people who hate Christmas musicals, the movie that single handedly kept Hot Topic in business for a decade, The Nightmare Before Christmas. I am your host, Jeremy Whitley, and with me tonight, I have a panel of cinephiles and cinebites. First, my co host and comic book writer, Ben Kahn. Ben, how are you tonight? I'm great. I just watched The Nightmare Before Christmas. <laughs> Fantastic. And next up, my frequent collaborator, comics artist, and certified vampire aficionado, Emily Martin. How are you tonight, Emily?
1: I'm confused. We're, I know it's Christmas, but this film is telling me that this is Halloween. It is downright demanding, asserting, commanding that this, in fact, is Halloween. I can
0: see That's where right. your confusion
2: stems from.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm still processing that. I mean,
2: we've got here. I mean, I fucking love this movie. It's a perfect Christmas movie. It's a perfect Halloween movie. Uh, I very much relate to a protagonist who doesn't understand Christmas, but I definitely responded to that unknowing in a very different, more belligerent manner than Jack did.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And our special guest tonight, someone who shares as much of my comics related trauma as almost anyone comics writer, artist, and overall sensation, Katie Cook. Welcome, friend.
3: Hi, everybody. Hello. Sorry about my messy office. Don't eat behind my Cintiq, so you get like a wide view. They so can't see like
2: everywhere. D- they can't see. They're listening to this on Stitcher or oh, thank God. Whatever, Spotify or whatever the heck. Thank God. So no, for, no. Just for our benefit, those those nope. damn no looky loos can only get the earball version.
3: No <laughs> one can see how many empty wine and Glen Finnick bottles are in my office. This is great. Let's talk a <laughs> little bit about
0: the. About the basics of The Nightmare Before Christmas And who made it's it uh, Yeah it is It is Directed by Henry Selick uh, As opposed to popular uh, yes. Belief that for some reason It's directed by Tim Burton
2: Tim Burton um, did not direct this And Neil Gaiman did not direct Coraline no. It was also Henry Selick Fucking give Henry Selick proper credit
0: God damn it
2: for real. Yeah. Michigan guy
0: Yay. If it's if it's creepy children, it's probably him because he directed also, like you said, Coraline, James the Giant Peach, which is an even creepier movie, and yes. Monkey Bone of all things. It is it is based on the poem by Tim Burton, and he apparently yeah, wrote some of the script. Poem.
3: He did a little book, yeah, based on it with illustrations, um, which is where a lot of the designs came from. Yeah, all the
1: style—it's all yeah. Tim
2: Burton's like drawing like, style. How yeah, much of the credit should go, like? Or, Again, it's all a team effort. Everything is super collaborative, but to me, the fucking superstar of this, aside from Henry Sell, uh, Henry Selick's directing, is goddamn Danny Elfman. Oh yes,
1: yeah, and I'm sure yeah. Danny Elfman had his little fingers in the uh, the design pie because there's a lot to unpack about Oogie Boogie Man.
0: Well, that yeah, means- I mean, some of the so the original Tim Burton poem, which I, I read as we were getting yeah. into this, is just Jack Santa. And zero, and that's pretty much it. It's, yeah, you know, it's that first, it's the Jack's Lament stuff, the Christmas door, Christmas town, and then at uh, the end of the movie, basically, there's no Sally, no mayor. Uh, I'm, theoretically, the kids are there, but they're just described as scary things that come to kidnap Santa. But yeah, no, no, oogie boogie either. Um, but it is also co written by Caroline Thompson. Who also wrote *Edward Scissorhands*, *and Adam's Family*, *and Corpse Bread and Michael McDowell, who also wrote *Beetlejuice* and *Tales from the Dark Side*. So it's a real tour de force, a lot of crossover Let's, here.
2: Yeah, yeah, also a, very a lot of the elements that mark group. the good <laughs> timber in movies. Yeah. I'm yeah. seeing a, I'm seeing a, de, I'm seeing a detectable notice of pre *Planet of the Apes* talent.
0: <laughs> well, and of course, well, Danny Elfman. Notice.
2: What's the joke?
3: Oh my God. It's um, Danny DeVito takes a phone call and he realizes it's Tim Burton. So it's like he automatically pulls out his five foot tall top hat. And says, <laughs>
2: oh, right there. oh, we get some, we get some very tall top hats in this movie. Oh yeah. The tallest <laughs> even. What I realized about <laughs> told what's happening. Cause I, I, I love this movie. This is yeah. one of, this is one of the movies that as a kid made me truly love Halloween Just glomp onto the imagery and the everything and of Halloween and be like, yep, this is my favorite holiday. Um, Even though it's like, yeah, Christmas stuff. Whatever. Halloween. But this rewatch was what made me realize that the plot of it is really the story of like one of your favorite like musicians or band makes a weird as shit concept album in a genre they really know nothing about you're like what was that famous musician and they're like yeah i'm sorry i don't know what that was either i'm gonna go back to the genre i'm actually good at
1: yeah i mean it's it's this
2: the story of the artist
1: or if, if you go further the individual failing disastrously and then growing from that
0: yeah let's let's first uh, discuss there's I mean, a, a large cast of people doing voices in this, but the ones that matter really are uh, Jack is voiced when singing by Danny Elfman and when speaking by Chris Sarandon, which dealt quite a bit Captain with on the show. Our,
2: our old buddy, Chris Sarandon, back from Child's Play.
0: <laughs> Child's Play's own, Chris Sarandon. And then Moira Rose herself, Catherine O'Hara, is doing the voice of, uh, of Sally. And then Ken Legend. Page... In a fantastic turn is Oogie Boogie, who is one of my favorite Disney villains.
2: Yes, I am also definitely a big fan of Glenn Shaddix as the mayor of Halloween Town. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, Glenn Shaddix, who uh, was in Beetlejuice as the uh, decorate as the. Uh, Otho the Decorator in Beetlejuice yes.
1: Otho, and Catherine O'Hara was also in Beetlejuice
2: Again, if this movie had come out like five years later It absolutely would have been Johnny Depp as Jack Skellington
1: uh-huh. Oof, a doof uh, Now, remind me, was Edward Scissorhands before or after this? I think it was before, wasn't it? It was
0: before, yeah, yeah. he was. So, in fact, yes, cause... the reason that he didn't direct this movie Is because he was busy directing Batman Returns And getting ready to direct Ed Wood <laughs> and he didn't want to be bothered with the amount of time that this was going to take, which was three Honestly. years. So. Yeah. Honestly,
2: fair, and also two great movies in his um, repertoire. Batman Returns and Ed Woods are, dev- are two of the, his best movies. Yeah. Without a doubt. The, I mean, other uh, IMDb uh, But yes, Edward Scissorhands was 1990. Nightmare Before Christmas is 1993. Right.
0: And the IMDb description of this is, Jack Skellington, King of Halloween Town, discovers Christmas Town, but his attempts to bring Christmas to his home causes confusion. Which is
2: how hard is it to just fucking call him the Pumpkin King, the King of Halloween that, Town?
3: That would add confusion to people like my mother, who are like, "What do you mean?" I that's like the TV guide description of like. Yeah.
2: Oh, are are we ready to dive into the? The political system of Halloween Town? Not quite yet, because we need to uh,
1: talk about how spoopy this movie is. I mean,
0: it's it's absolutely spoopy. It's not scary or terrifying. Uh, as far as trigger warnings, I mean, I think as far I, as I would go is there's like bugs and clowns. Um,
2: if you are a small child, uh, in which case, high five-year-old, maybe stop listening to this podcast. But also, if you are a small, I would say possibly... Disturbing imagery for small children.
3: Yeah, they do. There's a lot of dead
1: animals on screen too.
2: Yeah. I've
3: like, been watching this movie with both of my kids for years, and my youngest is in second grade now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Harper is still very much like, let's watch Nightmare Before Christmas. Like, it's our Halloween movie. Yeah. yeah because my kids have no filter at this point, which yeah, my- is probably my fault.
0: My five-year-old uh, watched it with me this time and has watched it a couple times, has no problem with it. Although I was faced with the question that I was not prepared for this time, which was, did Zero die? Is that a dead dog? Yeah. <laughs> no, I was like, my ad- My um,
2: attitude is that they are born ghosts and therefore the graves exist like as just, where, would, where else would, would a ghost house be? She really wants like to go how estate.
0: Zero died, so I was like, I, born I, as I don't know born that.
2: as ghost. Graveyards are just real estate." I think it, Zero was an actual
1: dog who was probably like some kind of skeleton dog already, and then he was like, "I just want to be non corporeal now." And Jack is like, "Here you go. Been
2: I'll there. put you yep,
3: right."
1: And so, so, when so Zero
2: said, "No bones day." <laughs> really he is fucking meant dogs. no bones day. So, yeah,
3: Tim Burton has a history of dead dogs
2: yeah he's yeah, with,
3: uh with my oldest the uh the fifth grader i will say like they are not bothered by stuff like this they uh they read the hunger games over thanksgiving break and i have this um this perfect image of grayson with her feet kicked up on a footstool at my parents place and she went some of these kids deserve to die <laughs> Grayson has watched Poltergeist and The Shining and all these other things and each time they're just like, oh well some of those were a little bit heart pounding, weren't they? <laughs> oh god. golly. Oh, Sociopath, oh god. What is happening here?
1: Well I think that it, in terms of um, what kids are, are sensitive to, I mean it has changed over time. I, I can't I know I sound old when I say it, but like you know, when I was a kid, Ren and Stimpy was new. Now every, every cartoon is like, you know, got to at least reach a particular Ren and Stimpy level of just weirdness. So this movie is also a lot more like gross than, you know, a movie like, like Paranorman, which is sort of a similar thing. Or like even Coraline, like Coraline is scary, but this movie is, just has this kind of gross element that's fun but also can like be a little bit disturbing for people whether they be children or not. So, you know, um, I
3: think Coraline uh, is way creepier than this movie.
1: Yeah. It's, it's got the, the, it's, the, the circumstance of Coraline is a lot it's scarier. Sinister.
2: I mean, it is like a Christmas movie. I mean, I think that comes with being a Christmas movie. It wants creepy imagery without being in and of itself creepy.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I think you know, in the first in the first song, and this is Halloween, they like make it's a so point of saying it's so celebratory.
2: Yeah, it's like they it make makes, a point of
0: saying they scare people, but they're not mean. Like, yeah,
2: yeah, like, it just makes Halloween so fun and good-hearted. Like there, it's such love for the holiday.
1: So I'm gonna jump into spoilers now because we're beyond the the triggers. Yeah, I don't think and we just, need to
0: worry about spoilers yeah. for this. Yeah,
3: one. but I in the movie since 1993. Agree, then I think that you're fine. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like it's all you you
1: have to watch this movie in order to get citizenship.
0: Especially in Halloween town.
1: Yeah, for real.
2: Um the the greatest Disney Channel original movie. That isn't Xenon Girl of the 21st century. Or Xenon the sequel. Um or The Magic Jersey, which must be terrifying for those poor professional athletes just to have their bodies taken over by children.
0: Okay. Well let's Let's do okay. a quick run-through of the plot here, and then we can talk about all of our all of our many theories and feelings about uh, various elements of this movie. Um, sure thing. Because it's it's a tale as old as time. A skeleton king uh, wants something more than the repetitive task of scaring people that he's been doing for his whole life, even though he's really good at it. So he goes for a long walk and finds a portal to an alternate dimension where all they do is Christmas. He convinces the rest of the Halloween-themed lackeys to take over Christmas, even though they don't really understand it and hires three delinquents to kidnap Santa Claus. The only person who tries to stop him is Sally, a ragdoll Frankenstein with prophetic visions and an unrequited crush on Jack. The kids capture Santa, Jack takes his place, and then the kids throw Santa down a chute and into the to play with Oogie Boogie, the boogeyman. Uh, After terrorizing the world on Christmas, Jack is shot down and realizes that he's screwed up and needs to go save Santa and Santa can save Christmas. Sally, meanwhile, has tried to save Santa and gotten herself captured. Jack shows up just in time to rescue them, destroy Oogie Boogie, and send Santa off to save Christmas. Jack and Sally finally end up together and Santa brings Christmas to Halloween Town. The end.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah, so, I mean, that is, that is the plot. Yeah. There are also it songs. Is
2: a, it is a tight 80 minutes told mostly through song. And I say this as someone who generally does not like musicals. They are all bangers. Oh, yeah, they ain't a bad song in the bunch. They're I all mean, good. Is I'm throwing out there
3: that Sally can do better.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. yeah.
3: Like 100.
2: Uh, I, this to yourself, I guess if I guess if Sally is entirely limited to only the characters we see in Halloween Town, then like I'm maybe worried that. That
3: werewolf dude is really nice. Yeah, it may.
2: Have we given the chance to the clown with the tearaway face? Yeah. It's... No, we shouldn't.
3: Maybe he's
0: the vampire that. polycule. Like, no, the
1: vampire thing... polycule, the the strongest queer rep in this film. Vampire Empire oh, Polycule cool may be our, you know, salvation for Sally. But I think that Sally's destiny is to create her own partner because she can,
3: she can obviously sew herself. Oh, she could just take whatever she likes from anybody in that town and sew them together. Right? Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm all about this now.
2: Okay. Yeah. Like, friend. I don't <laughs> have. She doesn't like him. She just kills him. That's yeah, she just, her just her tears her... him
1: apart. And, you know, like, well, I don't have. Didn't work
2: a master's degree in psychology with a full PhD. So I don't feel qualified to fully talk about whatever the fuck is going on with Dr. Finkelstein putting half of his brain in a body he makes and then marrying it. I mean, he's a narcissist. I don't even know where the fuck to begin with that.
3: A lot
1: of these, that's the one thing about the Halloween Town folks is that a lot of them are narcissistic and that's because they're, you know, they're monsters and that's okay. You know, because they have a very, very, specific system and a specific purpose that they follow
3: yeah and of like hey this is my this is my identity as a where person i'm a vampire i'm a witch
1: yeah although definitely those vampires do they they care about each other a lot um and i know i'm a certified vampire aficionado but like these vampires in particular I've, i care a lot about and i think that we should talk about them more as a society maybe not necessarily on this podcast because we have other things to talk about here Fantastic design, all non-binary, um, f- like wonderfully creative, beautiful singing all voices. All the
2: vampires are he they, yeah, like or they he's
1: or or just <clears> they, because <throat> like who knows. Um. So anyway, um, that I'll just say that about the vampires.
2: With Oogie Boogie, Oogie Boogie, I really picked up on this time was Oogie Boogie comes literally undone by just like happenstance almost like something catching the seam. And then he comes literally unraveled. But the whole movie, he is, he is scared shitless of Jack. Like, Oogie was like, if Jack finds out what I'm doing, I'm fucked. Like what is Jack going on? That's got Oogie Boogie. So scared. Like where's the scene where Jack just fucking throws a hands and just I mean, launch their shit out of Oogie according Boogie to bring to,
0: Santa back. According to the Game Boy game, Oogie's Revenge, uh, which is the the sequel to this, as much as it exists, definitely uh, canon. That he was uh, he was thrown out of Halloween Town for for being like going against the spirit of Halloween Town uh, by Jack, and you know right. he's, he's, uh, seeking his revenge on Jack for whatever reason. Um, well, that's yeah, the thing I think it's important to note that both oogie and sally are not part of the poem and are not necessary to the telling of this story yeah uh, and are are added in the movie
3: it pulls a Which little I from the disney stuff of my little mermaid if i'm the ostracized blank and now i'm going to do this this and this and we're gonna do this and i mean it's it's a, it's a disney trope it was yeah like, pulled up very well and it was all basically done you know not same timeish but Tim Burton was there for Little Mermaid wasn't he he was part of the Disney crew Probably, back. yeah
2: I well, wish more I... Disney movies featured the hero actively employing the villain's henchman knowing they're the villain's henchman and going now yeah. pinky promise not to involve the villain that I know you work for
1: I mean this is these are the careful this is this is the Halloween town I feel like There's a lot that I wonder about Halloween Town infrastructure and culture. And, you know, because also Jack is the pumpkin king. We talked about this before. Jack is the pumpkin king. He's not the king of Halloween Town. Halloween Town is a democracy and they have a
2: mayor. It is nominally a democracy. This man is utterly ineffectual. If he holds any official political power at all, he defers every like power to jack he specifically
0: says uh when jack goes missing he freaks out that jack's not there and says i can't do anything myself i'm just an elected official um yeah whatever
2: democracy exists in halloween town is a sham
0: one one thing that i love that i didn't pick up on until i i got older is that the mayor is a literal two-faced politician
1: yep
0: Um, you know he has one face in the front one face in the back that you know occasionally spin around when he when his mood changes
1: the the there's a lot to talk about in the style of this movie i mean there is nothing there's nothing like it
0: there's nothing like it's so good
2: i visually this movie is a stunning tour de force this is a visual masterpiece of a film i think
1: and it's it's they, they presented a lot of uh design issues that were really creatively addressed um Because you know this is a Disney movie with the Disney tropes, Disney archetypes. You have your protagonist, and you have your love interest, and you have your villain, and you know your your goofy side characters. It
3: wasn't a Disney movie at
1: the time. No, it was distributed by Buena Vista, but it was not like advertised as Disney's Night Before Christmas as it is now. Like it's now in the clamshell box or whatever. I guess it's not anymore because they don't it's, do that It's anymore.
2: appearing in Kingdom. It's got its own Kingdom Hearts level. That's it's as Disney f- as you can get. Okay,
3: to say like when it was made, it was not a Disney film. Holiday
2: Haunted Mansion. Yes, Simpsons didn't used to be a Disney show either, but yeah. uh,
3: they bought uh, Fox a lot of money. It's right,
2: going to Disney. Well,
3: I, mean, I it, but I think it, it says something that when it was made, it was not Disney.
2: Yeah.
1: It was not. It was not tr- like within the Disney. It wasn't within their studio. It wasn't really.
3: It wasn't overseen by that that it's... thing at the time. Yeah, it is now owned by that umbrella. So I think it it needs to be known by people that didn't know that. Yeah, that, that don't know that they're listening to this. That it wasn't. But yeah, it was. It was something else. But no, it is. And I and it's it's perfect for under. The Disney umbrella now for what Disney does with their brand because oh my god Disney is milking Nightmare Before Christmas for all it's worth
2: yeah yeah but that's coming after decades of seeing it become yeah. a merchandising bonanza yeah. it's hard to imagine the studio and the executive team that at the time was making Beauty and the Beast and Aladdin green this yeah. movie and I do want to just pull up like Just to give some kind of ideas of how this, because again, this movie has now, it's a beloved holiday classic. It is a merchandising bonanza. It is, and it is a movie that has endured and stood the test of time, but uh, definitely not a smash hit when it came out. Like, definitely Mm -hmm. not a big thing. Like, so it made uh, $91.5 million uh, on a $24 million budget. So it, it did make a profit at the box office. But just to give uh, an idea, uh, Beauty and the Beast and Aladdin were both made for uh, very similar amounts, and Beauty and the Beast made $440 million at the box office, and mm-hmm. Aladdin made over $500 million. Yeah.
3: Well, $9 of it was mine at the at the theater yeah. in Ann Arbor, Michigan in 1933 so- yeah so, yeah same
1: so,
2: I this mean, was I think not it was seven
1: dollars for me
2: yeah so this was not a instant like instant classic runaway success on release like this was a slow build mm-hmm. to become like what it is today mm-hmm. and yeah, you could was... still
1: watch it as a as a sixth grader and feel like a hipster
2: yeah yeah
0: and this was still pretty early in the like home video market being a big thing oh, yeah. You know? yeah relatively I mean, yeah. You know, because I, I very specifically remember as a as a young boy having to rent a VCR to watch Cinderella uh, because my mom wanted to rent it. So, you know, to watch the movie, we also had to rent a VCR because those were just not things that everybody had. But by the time that, you know, Nightmare and Aladdin and all this stuff was coming out, it was like becoming common for everybody to have them.
3: Yeah, I remember back in the day like when you bought the newest Disney release on VHS with the clamshell, that was when the next movie was announced because there was the preview trailer of the next one on each VHS. So that was part of the excitement of your parents like spending 20 some bucks on the movie is because then you got to see what was coming up. Like, oh, my God. Um, I was thinking about it just the other day, showing my kids the trailer for the the new Pixar movie. And it was like, oh, my God. You, it, back in my day. Back in my day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember seeing... Like, um, something came out on VHS, and then they'd be like, look it, we're making something called Pocahontas. And I'd be like, wow, that looks amazing.
2: I mean, to me, one of my absolute favorite hollywood stories is them being like all right we're disney we just made the little mermaid beauty and the Beast, and aladdin what's our next period piece epic romance pocahontas great this has all the means of another smash hit what's that we have a whole other team of big of like rb team animators who want to make something in the meantime what they just want to do some shit with lions i don't know sure let them do their lion movie
1: there's oh i've this is uh, how you get
3: black cauldron (laughs) yeah black cauldron fucking slaps though i've it again recently and i was like wow this is terrifying yeah it's back and i read the book it's based on yeah this is also terrifying oh my god
1: yeah and and darker than the black cauldron you know black black cauldron the film had blood in it it was a cartoon with blood in it first cartoon with pg rating in the in you know, like, uh, like feature film, theater, the whole thing.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: But um, there's a lot of there's a lot of uh stuff about Lion King and and stuff. But we'll we'll get into that another time. I just thought it was really interesting that this film has a protagonist. This film for kids? Question mark. I mean, it was for kids, but at the time, people were like, "What is what the f-? the main character has no pupils."
0: Yeah, apparently that was a battle too. That was
3: the whole thing in design because Disney wanted pupils added. Um, I actually have the making of book for the movie. Me too. Yeah, I can't even imagine Jack Skellington with pupils. Like they wanted pupils, like Disney, like not Disney, but like the executives wanted pupils because they're like, we can't do anything if there's.
2: I feel like it could have worked if it was like. Identify with, and it was a big fight. Yeah, I feel like it could have worked if the pupils were like jack o' lantern candle flames. I thought, I just <laughs> thought
1: it's such a creative way it is. Yeah,
3: because it's yeah. that that little slant of the bone of everything. I mean, there's so much expression. Express it is adding the pupils would have ruined it.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah. You know, it's a lot like the Spider-Man costume eyes, like the you know the eyes themselves squinch and move, and they have a lot of like interesting facial expression to them, even though there are no pupils there. They kind of work anyway.
2: I'm really glad you brought up Spider-Man specifically, because again, in my head, I always imagined that the eyes, like when they open and close, it was like the Spider-Man ones, where it was just like the whole, you know, creative license, the holes in his skull close up. Like, no, it's way more disconcerting. His skull has bone eyelids. Yep, He has separate eyelids in his skull head.
1: I mean, in a lot of and cartoons, that birds me have a teeth. lot. Also, Santa Claus's teeth in this movie. I This is I the first time that it's a terrifying thing in the entire movie.
0: Yeah. Everybody's talking about in this movie how Santa Claus is very scary, and this Santa Claus is quite scary.
1: Yeah, I know. This is like Jan Spankmeyer levels with those teeth.
2: My He's favorite like, part about this Santa is is just as like beady confidence after Jack frees him. He's like, but Santa, is there time to save Christmas? He's like, yeah, Jack, I'm fucking
0: on it.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, he's Santa.
0: Santa. He's just like, I'm Santa Claus, you asshole. Get out of my way. Like, like yeah, I'm yeah, yeah. Santa, motherfucker. Have you ever I got heard the words
3: Christmas miracle. I think um, Santa's response is basically like, you aren't the first person to do this. The turkey from Thanksgiving 50 years ago, it was worse. I <laughs> can... It's like, oh, my
2: God, fine. Just get out of here. Those
0: fucking yeah. also- that live behind that other door. Oh,
2: Jack, play to your strengths. Do a Christmas themed Halloween. It's what we're doing. Yeah, or we're doing <laughs> Halloween themed Christmas. I don't
3: know i think that if this movie were to be remade like santa would just give him like that just really like silent quick slap across the face that's the the replacement for like the spray bottle for a cat yeah
0: <laughs> you just see jack's little oh. skull head spin on the top of it yeah would yeah. be great
3: so i no
1: i want to go to the beginning back to the beginning of this film which is the only i think the only part that really adheres the most to the poem which is like holidays come from trees complex cultural heritage jesus absolutely not trees but there is something very interestingly secular and you know the the things that we know about holidays these days um, that is a lot more of the of public knowledge and like elementary school level kind of stuff with that pageantry is uh, it brings up a lot of interesting questions about like is this forest full of I mean is, is this is, are these trees just like secular essentially capitalist pageantry of these holidays if I
2: go far enough into this forest will i find the tree with the american flag and if i go through the american flag door i wind up in fourth of july america town there's already one of those there's
0: one with fireworks on it um
3: i i look at it as the seed of an idea okay rose into the tree um so that's always kind of how i've taken it of like every holiday is from a seed of an idea and then it grows into this thing that becomes bigger than it is. That's um, illuminating.
2: Yeah. It's such a fun concept. It's definitely Incredible. something I don't need nor it's something I definitely don't need like an explanation for. It's yeah. definitely, it's such a fun yet high concept yet easy to understand concept yeah, that I'm just totally okay. To it. Like it's not even clear what the barrier between like, the real, because it's not like Jack goes out a door to get anywhere. He just walks through. And he's like, "Cool, I'm in the suburbs now." Yeah. Um, it's and like you a- know what? I'm I'm okay with that. Like I'm okay, just kind of taking this world a little bit on dream logic, where apparently this is a world where yes, Santa Claus is real. We know he's real. He shows up at everyone's houses every year. We it's, are expecting him.
3: The thing that I I love a little bit about it is that you know think of a holiday think of Christmas and like I said it's it's that one seed that's planted of like okay so here's the one thing that we do and then all of those traditions that are built on top of that are you know like okay so one person did this and we liked it so we took it and we did this Mm -hmm. and then so many people did that So now all of a sudden we did this and we did that. And then think of the fact that, you know, um, how we currently think of um, Santa is built off of Hayden Sunbloom's paintings for Coca Cola. Yep. And that is now part of the Santa and Christmas mythos. So basically everything that is built on a holiday is the fan fiction of other people that liked the idea and built it and then we liked the one thing from it so we went okay 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 yeah and they did all of that stuff on top of it and that's one of the things that i love about some of these traditions because it took one person to be like Cool. I really like the idea of like putting some pine trees on my head with some candles on it. Yeah, and like lighting my daughter's head on fire, and someone was like, "Boom, Santa (laughs) Lucia." And so now that's a thing. Someone was like, "Let's decorate this tree," and a bunch of people were like, "Yeah, I'm into that. Yeah, let's bring a tree inside. I I look at them outside." And again, it's, it is, it's, it's, it's that whole thing. And it's the same thing in nightmare before Christmas of like, Hey, let's build, 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 build. Um, but this might come from the fact that I was raised by a bunch of batshit crazy atheists. So my views <laughs> on holidays are really weird.
0: I mean, it doesn't so, make me wonder if Jesus is wandering around Easter town somewhere.
2: He is Christmas, the bunny. I'm Very realizing that, he's there, though. but
0: also Jesus is there. It's like the mayor and Jack, you know, the just...
1: <laughs> <laughs> mayor, Jesus. It's only mayor elective Jesus.
2: official. Can't I'm, do anything for himself. I'm realizing now that with this movie, kind of, with this movie and its exploration of the concept of our myths and beliefs about holidays reflect onto a, Metaf- meta-mythical reality that exists on top of ours man was getting this as a child so the fucking gateway to Neil Gaiman and Terry Pratchett as an adolescent
1: oh yeah well I mean Nightmare Before Christmas is basically Hogfather yeah like yeah. that's the thing Terry yeah. Pratchett wrote this story and then Tim Burton I mean I don't know if there's his like-
2: hog father it's totally fucking hog father
1: yeah yeah, and and Hogfather has its own discussion about the origins of the holiday and all that kind of stuff.
0: Um, the, the interesting thing to me is that all of these places are outside of the real world, but also aware of the real world because they, you know, show up that one day of the year to do their shit, and then they go back to well, the town. Up,
3: oh my god, it's what I stole. I've completely stolen this from fucking Neil Gaiman. Is the wall from Stardust? Yeah, it's like hey, here's our here's our line and here's everybody who knows about the stuff that you don't know about and here's you yeah like i mean it's a that's a old, really stole that i was like i, We're all I have to say wall, or you're on this side of the wall and nightmare before christmas does the same thing of like you're either on this side of the wall or you're the world yeah um,
2: I'd want to check out Passover Town. I would not want to go to Yom Town.
3: <laughs> There's a lot of guilt tripping in Yom Kippur Town.
2: Um, no food and all the guilt. This, mm-hmm.
1: this movie does do a good job of making things like. There's only this-
2: one book in Yom Town, and it's the Book of the Dead. Passover Town's got to be fucking spooky the, though. Uh, that- the
3: terrible tree that nobody likes which is the weekend after christmas with your in-laws tree where they just do nothing but talk about the fact that you didn't come for actual christmas that's well that's on you, the
1: outskirts of christmas town
3: and like then they do the f- a wrapped thing of toothpaste and say i would have given you an amazon gift card if you would have come for christmas
2: Man. i'm so sorry Jewish this christmas, christmas to town where you just go out to Chinese restaurants and movie theaters, and it's just a whole town to that. that I guess. That sounds
3: amazing.
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah.
0: I mean, the real. Christmas town. There's just a bunch yeah, of. Yeah. Jewish Christmas, Christmas is
2: amazing. <laughs> Jewish <laughs> Christmas is legit one of my favorite <laughs> fucking holidays. Don't
3: see the new Ghostbusters movie and get some sweet and sour chicken. I'm in. I am. Do it all. Where's the door? Yeah. Well, the the
1: movie. This movie does do a good job of kind of keeping things like writing that line of keeping things very identifiable as the holidays, but as secular as possible. Like, yeah. you know, I'm pretty happy that the, uh, that they never went into the Thanksgiving door. Um, yeah. Cause uh, you can, cause I was thinking about that. Cause like, I see the Thanksgiving door and all I can think of
2: is like, Oh geez. Well, all I could imagine was, well, it's clearly populated by native American and pilgrim, like Turkey people and where they eat Turkey oh no, it's just turkey people eating turkeys. This is a terrible cycle in Thanksgiving town.
1: Turkey Hannibal and Turkey Will are there and they're like, you know, hanging out and fixing beautiful turkey dinners for each other with their turkey dogs. I don't know. Okay. (laughs)
3: Thanksgiving door is just my mother waking me up at 5 a.m. going like, is it too early to put in the turkey? (laughs) (laughs) It's like, I hate this
1: door this is the said this is a question you have to answer yourself from your heart that's the moral of the thanksgiving nightmare before thanksgiving
3: but no um, I, I do think that's one of the things i love about jack discovering christmas is that there is no religious context yeah discovering it he loves the lights and the pageantry and just how a adorable christmas is
2: i love the scene where he's trying to scientifically quantify and understand christmas yeah like the meaning like of lab christmas. equipment What's
3: this and it's you know because he hasn't had that weird level of joy in his own holiday so there's a, there's a sweetness and an innocence to what jack looks at When he's like, "What's this?
0: What's this? What's this?" Jack is Jack is absolutely an exchange student, like who's going to a different country for the first time, and he's like, "Everything here is great." I also just
2: realizing that there is elements of Jack's character arc in Ralph from Wreck It Ralph.
3: Oh yeah, because it's like imagine going your whole life and not having pie. And then you're all of a sudden in this world, because he does. He sees a pie and he's like, what's this? And I can imagine being like an adult seeing apple pie for the first time in my life and being like, I have been lied to my entire life. This is like, there is there. There's so much more to my life. Because no one told me that cinnamon and brown sugar with apples is a thing. It's
2: like, like when course, I first, your first watched. First
0: impulse was to take it all over. Right, I would not like uh, eat
2: it all any of the apples in Halloween. Yeah, don't eat the apples in Halloween Town, just as a general I, rule.
1: Right. I mean, okay. So there's another angle of this movie that I was thinking about. Is this movie about appropriation? Because Jack is the uh, privileged royalty of halloween town he's bored of being the most important person and he goes next door and is like this is different it's mine now
3: um, So, I- uh, you're talking about like a, a a remake where jack is some instagram teenager being like i'm gonna put on a santa hat
2: well so I, I feel mean, like the that- way the movie plays it as I feel like the way the movie wants you to interpret it is that, like, so I'm going to say yes in multiple ways, where Mm -hmm. I think the movie wants to play it, especially the way it almost makes it seem like performing this holiday is an artistic medium for Jack, Yeah. where it's almost like he's stealing another performer's act and not even trying to, like, not even oh i'm gonna synthesize it with my act and do something different like i'm going to kidnap him and steal his routine so i feel like the movie wants to play it as like artistic appropriation but given just the rules of the world and that they've established that these are cultures and societies yeah absolutely within the context of the world yeah totally 100 yeah, I... cultural appropriation
0: yeah I I, that... I I decided a few years back that the the lesson of Nightmare Before Christmas is stay in your lane. Um, yeah. <laughs> because it's okay for Jack to go to Christmas Town and see Christmas Town and enjoy Christmas, but it's the moment that he decides that he's going to take that over and that he knows how to run Christmas and he can do it better than the people who have been doing it for their whole lives that starts, stuff starts to go sideways on him.
3: Um, yeah, enough I think that's how most people feel about Disneyland with uh, Haunted Mansion taking over like being taken over by nightmare before christmas right for a few weeks of like <laughs> stay
1: in your lane get out of here <laughs> you can have haunted mansion you could have separate nightmare before
3: christmas you know like you don't need to redo the whole ride yeah oh because i've seen both um despite me living in michigan um yeah disneyland and listening to the people during haunted mansion, while well, it's taken over by Nightmare Before Christmas, It's like this is a bunch of bullshit. It's it's interesting
1: watching Nightmare Before Christmas again. Like I watched it a lot over the years, but I didn't watch it as much or as often since I played Kingdom Hearts. So now I look at Halloween Town and I've and I know what it's like to walk through it. So I feel like we don't need a, a, like if we're gonna do a haunted mansion night before you should do like a different like you should walk through halloween town and fight Heartless. although i have to mention that the people in halloween town in kingdom hearts that was the only place that nobody gave a shit about what the heartless were doing they were just like there's these weird little like shadow dudes they're not us let's like catch one and and do surgery on it (laughs) they were they were just like
2: this is interesting. I, What's this? We have the it. magic of technology and streaming. I think the more movies on Disney Plus should start introducing the Kingdom Hearts cut, which is totally the same except every now and then Zora Doofy and Zora Goofy and Donald just kind of walk across the screen in the background.
3: I will say um, one of my favorite memories of being on. The haunted mansion Disneyland, like Nightmare Before Christmas, like variant that they do. Mm-hmm. And I won't name names, but everybody present and everybody who knows me knows exactly who it is. Was very drunk when we went on the ride. And there's this huge <laughs> Jack Skellington at one point um, when you go into the graveyard, and they shouted out, Your wife is at work done. <laughs> and it she was, did it for herself though yeah, yeah and it was one of the funniest things that has ever happened in my entire life
2: i love that she's full of leaves yep like i yeah. don't know what to make of it but i just think that's such a cute visual that she's the lead that it's leaves
3: because she's, so, autum- she's autumnal
1: yeah she's an autumn literally and like she's also i mean she's the the proto influencer like she's got her her autumn themed instagram with the the narrow depth of field pictures of like pumpkins and the tumbler and everything like sally has it going on aesthetically i don't care what dr finkelstein says you know we we know that in the movie yes canon i i'm i'm being facetious but like we are told she is created by him but obviously he didn't use any of his own brain because he uses that for his following creation.
0: And yeah, we don't know what's in Sally's head.
1: Yeah. Uh, maybe just leaves
0: who, who honestly, she's all, she's all stitched together and and has, has a will of her own. We know that. Um, yeah. Sally's an interesting point to talk about in this movie, because like um, I think, you know, when she doesn't appear in the poem and really doesn't need to be here for this story to happen, mm-hmm. Um because she tries to warn Jack and Jack doesn't listen to her. And then Jack comes to the realization on his own that he is screwed up and goes back and has to save her as she has failed at saving Santa Claus. Um, but she's also like a really, she's a really fun character and definitely somebody that uh, a lot of people who love this movie have really glommed on to over the years. Yeah, like, yeah. Why,
3: Why would a woman connect with someone who was trying to fix a broken man who only realizes her worth after she saves him from certain death? I just, I don't, why? Oh, oh no. I can't even imagine why anybody would connect with, with this bizarre, terrible Character evolution. I just, uh, please explain to me why anyone would think, Oh, this woman is trying to save me from my poor choices. Oh, no, please, please, please explain it to me. There's no movie out there like this, y'all. There's no one, there's nothing,
1: no,
0: no, nothing totally like unique. this ever. <laughs> And it's just a weird like, coincidence that yeah, Hot Topic Trump sells these right no next one to us.
2: Like even <laughs> other claymation movies like there's other movies that are musicals, there's other movies that are claymation, they are even like horror like kind of like kids horror claymation, but nothing with this level of imagination and atmosphere that is also a musical. And a dope musical.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah. To be serious, that is that is like, um, it is good. I mean, I think it's sort of the, the the storytelling staple that if you're gonna go nuts with style, like this movie does, um, which it is just incredible. Like I, you know, as an artist, I can talk about it all day and talk about like all of the design decisions and how they totally kick ass, um, but you know you don't want to you don't want to vary maybe like but you know in a movie that is this intensely like in terms of its craft uh unique plot wise you don't necessarily want to go too far i
3: mean i mean sally is written to save jack yeah know? and that's the only thing sally could not save him from is like if jack was like I'm moving to Florida to take up murder and playing the trombone. She'd be like, I'm out. (laughs) That's what Dexter needed, the
2: trombone.
3: Sally is in it to win it. Well, they're also dealing with
1: the unknown. Like, you know, only Jack has this idea in his mind and he's like, nobody's going to understand me. No one's going to understand what this is. So I'm just going to tell everybody what to do and they're going to take my word for it because I'm the pumpkin king.
3: And that's just it and then he's like sally you're the only one clever enough to make my santa suit and it's a very reluctant oh i have to be part of this yeah,
1: yeah. i didn't like
2: that i didn't like that complimenting his manipulation yeah.
1: well i feel like they were they were kind of ships in the night in that whole conversation because he was telling her to you know, like, Oh, be part of this. And Sally's like, no, I'm trying to warn you. This is a bad idea. And he's like thinking that she, I don't think he's trying to manipulate her so much as he just thinks he doesn't like, he's not listening to her. Um, oh, he yeah,
2: that's a that, Yeah. That's more. Yeah. Yeah. He, it, he wants to hear what he only wants to hear what he wants to hear
1: yeah and he thinks that she's like oh i'm not i'm not worthy of like making your santa suit or whatever this is not the santa suit's gonna be a disaster and he's like no the pattern's right here. it's fine it's just red there and it's white there and you don't have to be modest you know go ahead well you know and he just talks over her and she doesn't get
3: the the classic i can fix him and yeah like, i just want to smack her during the whole thing. yeah
0: i mean like, she's no. literally coming from one uh obsessive controlling relationship into a into another uh, it's as, already disastrous. as a
3: younger person you know you're like oh oh it's so sad they're gonna end up together great and as an adult i'm like no no especially that I have, I have two girls and i'm like no yeah anyway, yeah See, dude treats you like this you show in the door you
1: sally that well the werewolf probably would um
3: exactly that werewolf looks like he could you know good cuddles be, be a good person to take home to your mother yeah it's like, um, like anyone who wears flannel it's fine <laughs> <laughs> he's maybe got heart he's got pathos
1: maybe. works hard because he's definitely swole
3: he knew that dead bat hat was a bad idea, but uh, yeah, Sally.
1: Like sa- the the Sally situation, at least she is. You know, she does try in terms of trying to to warn Jack, um, and she does try to save Santa. I, you know, we wish that she was a little bit more effective because you know it it it's a very classic nineties quote unquote. I don't know if I want to say strong female protagonist, but female protagonist role is like I'm going to do. I'm going to be practical, and oh no, I'm out of my depth. I need the protagonist to save me, the male one. Um,
0: she does. She does also try to rescue him using her sexuality, which is uh, yeah, that's another an, an interesting, that. an interesting bit in that where she's yeah left her left her leg for Oogie Boogie to tickle.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's that's rough. Although I mean, Oogie Boogie seems to be like. Okay, Oogie Boogie is problematic. Let's put that. Let's talk about Oogie Boogie now.
0: I mean, I okay. So the the first thing I want to talk about is the Oogie Boogie versus Jack situation. Like, what's the what is the difference? Do we think because like I think they clearly say in the beginning of the movie that Halloween Town is about stuff being like you know scary but not dangerous, and My Oogie Boogie is it- is about uh, chance for some reason. He's really into gambling and and things being dangerous, and bugs. That's really his his thing, is gambling and bugs.
2: Yeah. I mean, if I had to fanfic my way through a prequel, uh, my guess would be that, like like you said, Halloween 10 supposed to be about scaring without hurting, so my guess would be that, uh, you know, Oogie Boogie decided to saw things up a little bit. Um, and- <laughs> yeah,
1: it's kind of like a little bit of a saw.
2: Yeah, like I feel it like it was probably situation. Oogie Boogie introduced real violence and Jack was like, no, we don't do that here. You get out, I'm the pumpkin king. Because the thing, like Oogie barely even like tries to fight Packy and Jack. He's just like, oh shit, Jack's here, fuck. Like again, I want to see like what would have happened if it hadn't been about happenstance? Like what would have happened? Like if Jack got his hands on Oogie he was like, I'm going to. Throw you out of Halloween Town Fuck you, you're Easter Town's problem now
1: Well, Oogie Boogie Has very, very obvious
2: uh Weaknesses yeah. Right?
3: A very obvious
2: I think Oogie Boogie Is a that. lot I think I've built up Oogie Boogie As a lot Stronger than he Actually is because he was a boss That gave me a lot of problems in Kingdom Hearts <laughs>
1: Well, that was not just that wasn't him. That was the this
2: fucking roulette. I mean, oh my, oh my God, that fucking roulette killed me. He's I mean, like, he's oh the boogeyman,
0: right? Like he, like, well, he's not
2: actually he's, not
0: actually he's not actually dangerous that, necessarily. As so much as he is scary, he's undefined. Kind
3: of like you know, it's the Disney trope of of Oogie boogie is basically scar. Yeah. For Jack, of like, hey, here's this person that I I know and I have history with and I have to fight him and they don't go into a lot of detail which I almost like because a lot of movies they would they'd give you the whole backstory like the entire movie would open up with here's this burlap sack of flour that I ronned and now all of these beetles have crawled into it and here's his origin story And now in the final act of the movie, I have to defeat the burlap sack, which is now full of bugs, and I have to tell it to go F off. And I like that they have an unknown history that is there, because they have an animosity towards each other that is, like, connected and... They hate each other enough that they're like, oh, F you, F you.
0: Jack calls him no count. He's no count.
3: It is is the kids smashing action figures together when they see each other again. So I kind of like that it's left a little vague of why they're not okay with each other. And I like that he's like, oh, and your little henchman. And... I think they just have conflicting personalities because they're yeah, like, there's there's something there that's like, Oogie wants to do things one way and Jack wants to do things another way. Yeah, and We don't know the whole story but we know that these three little urchins side with Oogie and Jack uses them even though he's like, eh, I don't want to do this, but alright. They suck, but one of them is voiced by Paul Rubens,
0: so
3: mm-hmm. that's, <laughs> yes. go for it. <sighs>
0: I think the I think the thing with Oogie, I mean, and this is a little bit of fanficking. This is a little bit of like looking at the other material, like the you know video game and stuff that's around. Is is Oogie feels like he is a remnant of a, a previous holiday and a previous you know type of, of place. I mean, apparently in the in the game, he is from Bug Day, which is a different holiday that you know Halloween Town has kind of taken over. But really? like, yeah, but he also seems like something like older and more formless than you know Jack, who was you know a, a skeleton with a pumpkin on his head. Like it's honestly,
2: not... aside from the rhyming and the casino the concept of Oogie Boogie kind of seems like something you'd see in Old Gods of Appalachia.
3: Yeah. Bug Day is just something in Animal Crossing, so... And that's prescient.
2: Does that count if it's a holiday that exists only in Animal Crossing? If you go into the forest of Animal Crossing, will you find the Animal Crossing holiday towns?
3: Well, that's really fascinating, because like... So you just gotta give your stuff to Flick, and then (laughs) we will give you a reward, (laughs) yeah crossing works
1: yeah so like this is fascinating because this is you know the game which i don't know if is how much that's involved in the in the official canon of uh nightmare before christmas verse but the uh the fact that they acknowledge that there is yet another holiday that is not pictured in the uh, circular grove i mean we have a whole forest of trees is like uh, you know the the main american holidays are they the circular grove have these, these main holidays sort of um, in, at least in the, you know, the, the Western American um, cultural sphere, you know, they've, they've sort of overtaken other holidays Um, or, you know, is there like a, a, are there different groves with different holidays? Do we have golden wheat grove over here and like,
0: you know, According according to uh, the Nightmare Before Christmas wiki here. um, Oh, good. According to the 2005 Game Boy Advance title, The Nightmare Before Christmas, Colin to the Pumpkin King, Bug Day was the traditional holiday of Oogie Boogie's realm until the people of the real world stopped caring for it due to it being a more disturbing and frightening holiday than Halloween. Um, As the holiday was discarded by the real world, the Bug Day door was removed from the hinterlands. However, before the Bug Day door vanished, Oogie Boogie... Bound the entrance to Halloween Town. After an attempt to overtake Halloween Town and replace it with New Bug Day, Oogie Boogie was thwarted by Jack Skellington, who exiled Oogie Boogie and and the spirit of Bug Day and uh, to Oogie's underground lair. So
3: that seems like a freelancer wrote it. (laughs) (laughs) Did I write it? did i have
1: i mean that well while well, creative i still prefer the idea that just oogie boogie and jack didn't like get along very well and oogie's oogie boogie's main threat is his influence um and force of personality like he's corrupting the halloween town youths yeah and you know it's funny because like oogie boogie yeah he's he's not a nice guy but he and he does try to like throw Sally and Santa Claus into like a pit of molten something or other. But the, the, the worst
2: monsters in this film are the children. Yeah. I mean, I guess to be fair to Oogie, all he does is like imprison someone that Jack ordered kidnapped, that Jack had
0: kidnapped.
3: Yeah.
1: He
2: and just attempt is to thin.
0: kill that, that person. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He does kill him. Yeah.
3: Yeah. He's like, all right. This guy must suck.
2: Uh the screams when those bugs hit the lava lo- hit the lava. Lo- is-, is he a yeah. hive mind? Oh.
3: Noise when
2: the bugs. Oh. oh yeah. Yeah, I, I yeah. feel like he has to be where the bugs are his collective consciousness, right?
0: Well, and I think I think the uh, children are also just uh complete neutral. They're just oh, yeah. chaos. Yeah, right? they they are neutral. the
2: essence of chaotic neutral yeah,
1: yeah. which is you know uh a, a, it's an important part um I mean, you, know, dark fingers, ma- you know yeah like uh the dark magic is as important as the light magic as um established in the film classic the flight of dragons but speaking of which oogie boogie man
0: Whoa. Who,
1: Yeah, whoa. I mean, his his, like black light fucking casino rave is. I love the
2: black light. Off the hook. Oh, just like one of the truly great animated villain songs. Yeah.
3: It's crazy to think that that scene is stop motion. Right? Right? Because there's so much much detail and care. Yeah.
0: Apparently, there was more to it, even. There's like a scene that was in the original plan where they had bugs come out of him and do a dance with him and oh, yeah. Yeah. they were like oh no this is too hard to, to animate we're not going to yeah. do that
3: that's uh, again in the the art of book and then they have a couple of of scenes that they tried to do yeah
0: yeah along with the scene um, where it was no, no, no. revealed that he was dr finkelstein the whole time which is the worst twist and apparently
3: oh, yeah that would have been terrible yeah that would have yeah. now that's
0: Apparently, like that just makes more questions. When they told Tim Burton about this idea, he kicked a hole in a wall, and I was like, "Yeah, that's right, good idea."
3: Tim Burton, I calm had down, though. Reactions to licensed projects where they're like, "Well, how about this?" And it was like, "I will throw my entire computer and my phone out this door, <laughs> and I will never answer anything again, and I'm just gonna leave." I'm gonna set myself on fire and dive
1: into this putrid fountain just like the pumpkin king to prove my point.
3: I have children to support and a husband that I've been married to for 16 years, and I will just give it up all <laughs> over this decision you just made. And that usually ends the conversation right there. Um
1: that's important insight, especially for our listeners. Um about if you the creative work,
3: process. To comics, just threaten to throw yourself in traffic. And that ends all arguments.
1: Like maybe right that's there. not
3: such maybe that's not such good advice. <laughs> <a place. laughs> Pro tip, this is how Katie Cook wins arguments against editors, is that she edit is like, I'm gonna just it threatens violent self-destruction. It's like I'm just gonna leave.
0: I will leave I mean, comics I'll, and wander the wilderness aimlessly.
3: Fire. Like I'm gonna leave the industry and everything else if you make me write it this way if you cut my fart joke from this (laughs) i'm out i will become a monk and
1: i will stand on the corner outside your office
3: (laughs) daily i'm gonna become a barista at the starbucks the closest to your office in burbank and and piss in your coffee every day (laughs) and i am instead of soy milk you are getting two percent you piece of shit oh no every might as well okay so
1: but i wanted to i want to say something about oogie boogie and the because we talked about don bluth for a second (laughs) oogie boogie to me reminds me a little bit of that alligator from all dogs go to heaven and there's some there's some cultural signaling there that isn't, you know, if you look, like again, if you get into the quanta of it, maybe a bit uncomfortable, especially since Oogie Boogie's the antagonist. Now, you know, I was thinking about it, and I'm like, this is probably only because, like this this whole Oogie Boogie thing, like why is he based on gambling? Why does he sing like this? Oh, it's because Danny Elfman loves the shit out of Cab Calloway. Like that's, you know, whatever racial reference that is within there i think is is obscured by the fact that oogie boogie's place slaps hard and his cab calloway jam just fucking rules
0: and right you know, you know ken page also voiced king gator right
1: kim page
0: ken page who voices oogie boogie also voiced oh. king gator in all dogs go to heaven
1: so i didn't know that i didn't yes. i i I thought it was like, I. it can't be that because there's more people in Hollywood.
3: <laughs> well, it's because I was trying to remember. It's been so long since I've seen All Dogs Go to Heaven. I and watched it recently. It's just the big gator and I remember the bone through the nose.
0: Well, the dog does die in that one.
3: <laughs> all the dogs die.
0: All the dogs die. Eventually. Alright, oh. so what... Uh, before we uh, move to wrap this up, what is everybody's favorite song from this movie? What's, what's the best songs?
2: I know it's probably low-hanging fruit, but again, this, song, this movie doing so much to just impact my celebratory love of Halloween. Uh, this is Halloween for me. But honestly, just the part where after he's been shot down, And he goes, yes, I am the Pumpkin King. Is just one of my... I get goosebumps every time at that line when I watch this movie.
1: Do we want to talk about at all, like about how Jack Skellington, the Santa Claus, the possible fake Santa Claus is being shot at with anti-aircraft cannons?
2: Oh, no.
3: Very American.
2: Yeah, that completely checked out. I didn't question that for a second.
1: Okay, I just... I just wanted to put that out there. Yeah, um, I mean, even in
2: claymation, America gonna America.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's very American. We do get, um, okay.
0: What's My. your favorite song, Emily?
1: Um, I sing This Is Halloween a lot, but kind of as a joke because I can't remember any of the other words. So I just end up saying, this is Halloween, Halloween, Halloween. <laughs> and
2: trolling my friends that way. Is that not um, the correct way to sing it? I mean, that's how I've always sung it. I,
1: in this town, it is Halloween,
2: Halloween, Halloween, Halloween. Yeah, um, Again, are those not the words?
1: I get, well, I mean, I think there are more. I did watch it with subtitles, and it did have some more words in there. There was some of I yeah, mean, there the Is, is Boogeyman the really, Shadow on the Moon, by the way,
2: everybody?
0: This is a heated debate, apparently, in the Nightmare Before Christmas <laughs> fandom. I was
2: oh, no, we have opened up a can of worms and not the worms that are in Oogie (laughs) Boogie.
1: Or are they?
0: Yeah, because I I was looking this up. I was looking up information about Oogie Boogie and it's like there's a lot of debate over whether he is the shadow on the moon at night or whether it just kind of looks like him and also sounds like him. I mean, he's the boogeyman, sure. Why not?
3: Sure. A brim with fright. Yeah, this is Halloween see for me it is the what's this because like i said it's that that innocence of jack discovering something that's so joyful and sweet compared to his world
4: Mm -hmm. so
3: based in you know the macabre and
0: and creepy absolutely no one's dead
3: yeah what's this what's What's so that is always going to be my favorite from that movie because again I don't know if it stems from the fact that I have kids and whenever they would discover something new I always went what's this Um, (laughs) like as just a little like what's this um in the mom voice and it is it's i love that innocence and there's a a lovely sweetness to jack when he's doing that song in christmas town before he becomes a monster and tries to take the holiday where he is just enamored with the loveliness of christmas the sweetness of christmas and, and whatnot. I think it's just such a great little storytelling bit of like why this entire movie is happening. Mm-hmm. So I think that what's this is the entire catalyst of the movie is he's just so... Look at how wonderful and beautiful a holiday can be compared to my holiday, which I still love, which is why he tries to incorporate it into Christmas. Yeah. He loves his holiday. He loves Halloween, which is why he ruins Christmas, you know, but he, as much as he loves Halloween, he loves the idea of the lights and the baking and the little itty bitty nuances of Christmas. That he's trying to meld everything. And that's why I love What's This.
0: Yeah. yeah I think What's This is, is, is really interesting. Book. Especially when you when you go back and read the poem. Because yeah. the poem makes it so much more obvious. that Jack is jealous of Santa Claus. Mm-hmm. Jack is like, you had this. You have this every year. This is like yeah. a thing you get to do every year. And I've never gotten to do this. Like, I got to deal with this shit holiday all the time. <laughs> You're out there. <laughs> Baking pies and delivering presents and what the hell? Why can't I do that just once?
3: Yeah, it's there's there's a there's a loveliness to Jack's want to be the good guy. Yeah, um, that I, I really appreciate as a storyteller. Mm-hmm. And the more I watch it, because I mean, I've seen the movie 10 million times And now I have kids, so I've seen another 10 million times. Mm -hmm. And it is. It's the more I watch it, the more I'm like, Jack wants to leave an impression. And he's worried that Halloween doesn't have that. Mm -hmm. And he sees... Which is crazy, because
2: Halloween is wonderful. Yeah. Yeah.
3: But it's you have to look at the fact (laughs) that... Look at before the internet. It's, you know, Halloween wasn't the crazy viral thing that it was that it is now and you know Halloween has always been amazing and fun you know my mom there were two years where I did not go trick-or-treating because my mom created the Charlie Brown pumpkin patch in our front yard that's amazing I there in the Sally costume and my brother had to sit there in the Linus costume And we had to talk about the Great Pumpkin to whoever came trick-or-treating. And my mom promised us all the full-size Snickers bars we wanted if we did this.
2: That sounds amazing.
3: But think of Halloween as this, it's a one-day moment. And it's not even a one-day, it's a one-night moment. Whereas Christmas has a build-up. Christmas mm-hmm. has like not even a week's buildup. It's a like a two-week buildup to it's almost Christmas. It's almost Christmas. There's the elf on the shelf. We're decorating. We're doing this. Everybody advent got, calendar. is decorated. And even when Christmas is done, Christmas is not over because mm-hmm. your tree is still up. Presents are still out leftovers are still everywhere so christmas is like a three-week phenomenon Mm -hmm. compared to jack skellington of this is my night where everyone gets a reese's cup and i I think um,
0: it's not even his job his job is to scare the shit out of the kid with the reese's
3: and and i think that one of the best takes on halloween that i love Mm -hmm. is actually from gravity falls Mm-hmm. Where they summerween, where for one night it's Halloween in the summer, but they're all attacked by the shitty candy that nobody likes, mm-hmm. and all <laughs> of the jack-o'-lanterns are carved out of watermelons because it's Summerween, and it's a great reflection on the fact that Halloween is a one-day thing. Yeah. Whereas look at Christmas. Christmas started today. December 1st. Every single store yep. started Christmas today. Every single I, person started talking about getting their tree today. No one talked about yours, my birthday
2: so. next week, but it's... Oh, no. Happy early birthday, by Happy the way. Happy early birthday. You know, I saw December decorations going up like the December weekend after birthday. Thanksgiving. Yes.
3: Um, my My oldest birthday is December 21st. Oh no. They're they're doomed. But everyone today Christmas started today, December 1st. Jack Skellington, he gets one day and it's over. And that's I think the appeal of Let's Take Christmas because yes. it's this beautiful holiday enriched in this weird traditions. And I want it and it lasts longer than my one day because think of it in the movie. They're like, okay, now there's so many days until next Halloween. That's it. Yeah. Right. Whereas he tried to take this holiday that people look forward to and it lasts for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. And even after it's over, people are still like, it's still the holiday season. But when Halloween is over, that stuff comes down, it is done, it is over, and we're out. Jack-o'-lanterns only last one night. That's just it. So I don't blame Jack Skellington for his want of something bigger than his one night of pumpkins and candy. Because he saw a world... (laughs) where people have stores dedicated to him that are not in a deserted Best Buy.
4: <laughs>
3: <laughs> and we're like, oh, this is what people who believe in a holiday really are. And they get presents and they love it. And, you know, they, they get together and it's it's a camaraderie thing and a family thing for Christmas and halloween is a bunch of parents is at least in michigan standing in the rain going like you can do one more house and we're getting back in the car <laughs> cuz that's what's mine been for the past 3 years um
1: i mean there's the, the halloween is definitely like the one rager you know like you have a party whereas christmas <laughs> is like you have multiple you have tree trimming you have all this other shit you have bifana you have uh, like New Year's after Christmas, like everybody has their Christmas tree still up for New Year's.
3: Think of think of how much fun like Christmas and New Year's is compared to just the one day of Halloween. And I mean, I love Halloween. I do. I need to okay. bring back Walpurgisnacht. Well, Why?
1: But I'm yeah, saying. like
3: Christmas is like I know Christmas is a mix of. I love the tradition. I love putting up the tree. I have to see my in-laws. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe I can get out of that. If somebody stabs me if any of you guys want to earn like $5. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's No, it's I don't people like I looked online and people were like why would you want to take over Christmas instead of Halloween? And it was like This is a stupid question. (laughs) Well, at the time, also at the
1: time, like, you know, it's, it's before the internet it's before the, the, like a lot of these sensations and, and, um, this, you know, there's a lot going on there, but yeah. Halloween was for the weird kids in the nineties, you know, the, like this goth thing that was just starting to catch on, um, that wasn't just like super, like super underground, Right. And then now like Halloween, it was like, what, you know, let's, it's kind of like a the goth kid becomes the prom queen for a night. Like,
3: it's and Halloween is not like, Hey, I'm the hot topic kid. Everybody loves Halloween. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I love Halloween. My kids love Halloween, but I also love Thanksgiving. I love Christmas, you know, I don't understand easter but i like the cadbury easter eggs that are like the little chocolate robin's eggs so yeah every holiday has something <laughs> Well,
0: i think i mean that that goes into like i think i mean i i'm a big fan of the oogie boogie song which um you know is the one i'm most likely to sing most of the time but uh i think the best song in this is jack's lament which is the which is essentially his I wish song, um, yeah. as far as it goes, where, you know, uh, he is extolling all of these things that he's done, how amazing he is, all the different names he's known by throughout the world. This real, like, heroic Beowulf like poem of, you know, all the amazing things that he's done. And he's just like, but, like, it's just the same fucking thing every year. And, like, there's nothing more relatable than, like, I'm really good at this one thing, but like, God, I do this thing all the time. Like, I just love to do something else for a while and be good at that thing. But I don't know how to do that.
2: I think it's a very. And maybe I'm just overly projecting, but to me, it does read a bit as a story of uh, creative Burnout from repetition and creative unfulfillment uh, and ill-fated overcorrection to try to regain creative spirit and also just this unique aspects of Christmas uh, before ultimately kind of rediscovering that love and passion that he had, uh, you know, before for his holiday. Totally.
0: Yeah I mean I I definitely like it definitely makes me think of like I spent a lot of time in sales like coming right out of college like starting out in retail and then doing like phone sales and working for the cable company and things like that and like I was very good at it and but there were people I worked with that were like super into that job and like they would do that job and they would go home and they would live their lives and they'd take, you know, the pay, the good paychecks they got from selling stuff and be like perfectly happy to just keep doing this sales thing, you know, take their couple of vacation days and, and you know, they'd be good with it. And I'd be like, man, how do I do that? Like, how do I be happy with this job? Because I'm not like, I don't, I don't enjoy this. I don't like, doesn't matter that like I'm good at it like it's not fulfilling to me um and I I think that's part of why Jack appeals to me as a character is it's that's
3: exactly why why I like Jack um back when I got out of college I worked at a graphic design company and we did mass market graphic design stuff for Target Walmart Hobby Lobby, like all the big craft companies and like, I was, I was good at it. I worked for that company for five years and I was really done because we did mostly licensing like Crayola, Disney, Build-A-Bear, blah, 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 blah. But there was a phone call that I remember specifically that was probably my, I'm gonna fucking steal Christmas moment and I had just started doing some stuff for Fraggle Rock for Arkea back, like as a freelance thing. Like, mm-hmm. I was doing comics as a freelance thing and doing my first webcomic. And I was sitting there in a conference call with Walmart about Noah's Ark, like baby announcements, like, baby whatever like you know like Noah's Ark like banners and invitations and paper plates and whatnot that I had done all of this stuff for and I was on the conference call I was the junior art director for the department and they're like we really love all the art that you did for this but is there any way to make the orange more Christian? <laughs> and I'm what's sitting the there. Jesus,
2: what's the Jesus is shade of orange? My
3: boss is giving me this look like, don't say anything. Don't say anything. And I just leaned into the conference then it went, is there a specific Pantone for that? <laughs> I mean, it's a, that
1: is a fair question.
3: And they're
0: like, like, the most, 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 like, or... they're like, "I don't,
3: I don't know what we're asking for, but I just, I know it's not right yet." Oh, I know the oh, and it's oh. like, and that was the day I went out to the car on my lunch break and I called my husband I'm gonna quit this job I have to quit this job good for you for real he's like I'm gonna go freelance I can't do this anymore and that's where I get Jack Skellington where he's like I'm gonna do it I'm gonna fucking steal this holiday this is my holiday now because I remember that phone call and I'm like yep I'm gonna do it. When the mayor was like, Jack, we
1: want Halloween black, but we want, like, Halloween black, right?
3: So, like, I know Jack is like, oh, I'm gonna give you Halloween my way because I was (laughs) so I get the creative burnout moment of Jack Skellington. Yeah, no, I mean, like,
1: I think he's he's incredibly relatable in that way as an artist, you oh, know. Yeah. Oh like God. it's all about like, you know, it's 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 about burnout, it's about perspective, you mm-hmm. know,
3: seeing the, like like it's a mental breakdown. Yeah. Of, oh, you want me to do something new? Okay, I'm going to kidnap a fat old man. And take over his job. Hope you all like dead turtles as hats. That's what's going in the box.
0: I'm just yeah, taking my dog and I'm gonna go wander if off into woods. Done and that
3: on my way out of my job, you think I wouldn't have?
1: Well, that's the thing is the Jack is really um, he's really supportive to everybody. Like everybody's involved, oh, yeah. and he's then like, he's oh, like, "Great, yeah, I like, I wish." Like, you know, I like what you've done here. Why don't you try this? You know, and he's, he's got some very good creative feedback methods.
3: Junior art director that finally got a hold of all the people he's been working with. Yeah. For all of these years. Who was like, all right, I get your vision. Let's give it a shot. <laughs> Maybe well, well- don't use papyrus as the main font. We'll and compromise. So. It's like, so, please don't hit outline on that Illustrator file yet. We've got some font changes.
0: My compliments from me to you on this, your most intriguing hat. <laughs> Consider, though, a substitute a bat in place of this old rat.
3: Exactly. These poor rats. <laughs> me quitting my, my job ten years ago was it. It's its own other podcast. It's great.
4: <laughs>
0: we'll have Especially to Especially
3: two weeks later when I found out I was pregnant and I had just given up all my
0: benefits. Oh boy. Shit. Uh well that seems like as good a place as any to to wrap up. Do we have any recommendations for people uh to check out now that they've watched Nightmare Before Christmas? Ben, what you got?
2: Yes. So it's not a musical, but it is very it is a kid's movie that is claymation and a wonderful, wonderful take on smart take on horror. And that is Paranorman.
3: Paranorman's amazing.
0: Yeah. Oh, I love Paranorman.
3: I second. Definitely. Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, Katie, what have you got?
3: I didn't realize I was going to need to make recommendations. Um, Are we doing it based just on Nightmare Before Christmas? Uh,
0: You can recommend
2: anything you want. Every week I know I'm going to have to make a recommendation, and yet every week it takes me by surprise and I'm unprepared.
3: I guess it's, you know, again, it's been mentioned before, but if you like it, you have to watch Coraline, and if you haven't watched Coraline, that's really upsetting. Um, But then non- Non movie thing, if you like it, read the Neil Gaiman book. Um, uh, oh my god, the graveyard book! Oh, yes, which is amazing. I just read it with my oldest, um, and they're obsessed with it. But like I said, Coraline is an amazing movie, basically the same team as Nightmare. Henry Selleck does an amazing job. I mean, I like Corpse Bride, but
0: mm-hmm. Yeah, Corpse Bride exists because I mean, they didn't want Tim Burton didn't want to do another Nightmare Before Christmas and they yeah. wanted another Nightmare Before Christmas so.
3: Yeah, so if you want to watch Corpse Bride, maybe just watch Nightmare Before Christmas again Yeah,
2: better songs Yeah, You can't go wrong with watching Nightmare on Elm Street and Nightmare Before Christmas again <laughs> Or Nightmare on Elm Street All the nightmares
1: I'm surprised oh. I didn't see Freddy in the background of the Halloween town.
3: It's um, I live with a film major, so film recommendations are really a mixed bag in this house. <laughs> um, so it's either I get yelled at or they're great. So. Oh, good.
0: Yeah. Uh, so Emily, sorry. what did you want to recommend?
1: Well, there's The Hogfather that I mentioned earlier. That's the book by Terry Pratchett where um, essentially death becomes Santa Claus um, it's a good one. Uh and it's Terry Pratchett. So like that's it's in the Discworld series. Uh there's a movie of that too that's actually pretty charming. And uh it's
3: Three Men is my favorite of the Terry Pratchett. Oh, oh yeah. If you like Hog,
1: fo- you know, I mean, if you like this kind of rye hum- like the Tim Burton kind of humor, but with a little bit more of like a British meta <laughs> spin. So yeah, Terry.
3: Like Terry Pratchett, you and I need to talk like not on this camera, because we have a lot to talk about. Oh yeah. Pratchett, because I've read everything. I haven't read everything, but I've read a lot. Oh, then we have lots to talk about. Oh, excellent. So hit me up on Twitter. Uh yeah, Megamoth on Twitter. My, my husband hasn't read any of it, so I got no one. <laughs> oh shit. Um no,
1: Terry Pratchett is fantastic. Um if you yes, haven't heard of him Discworld. Yeah, or the Discworld. um, You know, if you've seen Good Omens, the TV show, and you love the the gay angels or whatever, you know, Terry Pratchett was one of the, the, he's basically the reason that um, Azir fails gay. And uh, he's a fantastic writer, no longer with us, sadly. um, But he's got so many fantastic books out there in the Discworld series. So check those out. Um, there's another movie another weird um I think it's a Hanna-Barbera movie called The Halloween Tree which is all about like weird Halloween stories.
3: Yeah.
1: Um that that one is really cool I think. Um it's Ray Bradbury who who wrote the story and narrated the the animated feature. So you can also read his short story. Um Ben already said Paranorman, anything by Leica, really, which is what the, you know, Leica wasn't, I don't think they were established as Leica when they made Nightmare Before Christmas, but there's an, a series that predated all this called The Secret Adventures of, or what was it? It was something, uh, the The Secret Adventures of Mark Twain or something like that. And it was a claymation, like straight up claymation. And actually the, the guy who did that series was, there was a whole situation with him and the founder of Leica. He was involved and, and it's complicated. Look it up. Um, but the, the secret adventures of Mark Twain, if, if that's in fact the actual name, and I don't want to spend time looking it up right now. So just look it up um is really weird and he also did um like the california raisins and stuff like that so if you want something just kind of stop action and uncanny and spooky you check that out um and then if you like movies about you know uh halloween or or i should say skull people um watch coco it's a pixar movie is that a is that pixar or disney pixar
2: it is watch coco you will cry
1: yeah,
3: it's good. It's good. Uh, I really enjoyed it. it. Uh, they can't see the picture. This is Coco.
1: Oh, <gasps>
3: Coco's Coco. an incredibly cute tortoiseshell <laughs> kitty. She's <gasps> only four months old.
0: She is ready to get down. <laughs> oh my god.
3: She is very upset. She crawled up to my chair and is now very upset that I picked her up.
1: Oh, she seems very mm. upset. She's just sitting there. And she's crying a little bit, but I have five cats. I have three. I sh- I might have five someday. I had five last year, but anyway, you can um, aspire?
3: Huh?
0: I said you can aspire. Yeah, I well, I'm
3: because good. my oldest cat is twenty one, and every time the vet tells me she's gonna die, I get another cat, and she doesn't <laughs> die. Well,
1: she's if she's living her best life, you know. She lives out of spite yeah that's how you do it
0: real artist soul um so yeah i mean we've we've already mentioned like everybody involved in this is involved in you know Coraline, james and the giant peach edward scissorhands adam's family corpse bride beetlejuice these are all things that you can check out batman returns uh they're all kind of solidly in the same over i'd also recommend uh wallace and Gromit's curse of the were rabbit Um,
3: it's so fun
0: yeah, it's a fantastic everything that you love about Wallace and Gromit uh, or should if you haven't watched Wallace and Gromit plus it's a little more Halloween-y than their usual fare and uh, it's it's incredibly enjoyable It's a fun We've time We've
3: forgotten the crackers yep. well, That's when every... you watch the Shock
0: the Sheep movie too Oh yeah Yes. Cheese Gromit Cheese Gromit
3: Cracking
1: toast Gromit <laughs> okay Um,
0: anyway uh so that that wraps up our recommendations uh katie can you let people know where they can find you and your comics online
3: i live in a basement (laughs) (laughs) so in your basement (laughs) you can find me in my basement and i wish you good luck with that if you can find me in my basement i will give you a book or a cat (laughs) i'm down i'm so down other than that it's katie can draw at everything or i do nothing special on webtoon i've also written and drawn for star wars and marvel and everything stuff
0: disney emily where can people find you online
3: megamoth
1: at megamoth tumblr twitter uh no. patreon
0: <laughs> yeah sure and then uh, make
1: underscore moth on
2: instagram
0: ben where can people find you online
2: uh find me uh benconcomics.com, uh twitter uh at ben the con uh go check out renegade rule and uh immortals phoenix rising from great beginnings
0: fantastic and i am on twitter and instagram at jrom 58 my website is jeremywhitley.com uh, go order some comics i guess I, I made some of those um the web the, the podcast is progressively horrified come help us out on patreon at patreon.com slash progressively horrified twitter at prong horror pod our website is progressively fm. like subscribe all that good stuff um thank you again to katie for joining us tonight this has been this has been a lot of fun
3: this is awesome yeah,
1: thank
2: you
0: thank you so much for coming on
3: Sorry if i was really grumpy and annoying no sure. so so nice talking you guys yeah thank yes, you for joining absolutely. us so much
0: and thank you to everybody out there thank listening you. for joining us as well uh next week you'll hear our anniversary special which we've already recorded um so it'll be a lot of fun and uh well this will be coming out on christmas eve so uh to any of you celebrating merry christmas
1: This is Halloween. Halloween. No, no, it's it's
0: Christmas. This is Christmas.
1: This is Christmas movie.
0: Making Christmas. This
1: is making Christmas. Uh, uh, uh.
0: What is this? I'm a
1: dead rat. All
0: right. Yep. (laughs) Until next time. Stay horrified.
1: Stay jolly.
0: Progressively Horrified is created and produced by Jeremy Whitley. This episode featured Jeremy Whitley, Ben Kahn, Emily Martin, and Katie Cook. All opinions expressed by the commentators are solely their own, not intended to represent the intent or opinion of the filmmakers, nor do they represent any of the employers, institutions, or publishers of the commentators. Our theme music is Epic Darkness by Mario Colo 6 and is provided royalty-free from Pixabay. Support us on Patreon or contact us on Twitter at ProgHorrorPod or by email at horrified at gmail.com.